0: Welcome to Forward Progress, powered by the Hammer Betting Network. I am your host, Rob Pizzola, joined as always by my co-host, Clive Bixby. We are live on the Forward Progress YouTube channel, live on Twitch, on the Forward NFL channel, and we're live on Twitter as well, at the Hammer HQ and at Forward NFL. If this is your first time, what took you so long? I mean... (laughs) Seriously, though, if it is your first time, uh, we're going to review week eight in the NFL. We'll preview Monday night football. We will guess where the NFL week nine lines are going to open up, which direction they will move in over the course of the week. Both sides and totals, we don't discriminate. And if you can't stick around for the full show, no problem at all. I get it. It's Sunday night. Long night for you parents tomorrow, trick-or-treating with the kids and so on and so forth. The episode will be available in full when you wake up tomorrow morning and will also be available in podcast form on Spotify, and on Apple Music. Clive, how are things? I know you attended an NFL g- game today, if I'm correct.
1: I did. Uh, was live for the New England Jets game, which was definitely a tale of two halves. Um, hmm. Jets were, looked terrible in the second half, um, which wasn't surprising. Um, but Mac Jones in the first half just was not playing well, not dealing well with the pressure. He wasn't getting a lot of time, to be fair but with that pressure, not making a lot of good decisions, but it was another fun experience. It was great to be out there.
0: So personal question for you, because I only attend NFL primetime games. I don't, I can't do like the Sunday one o'clocks and just be missing out on everything else because I find I'm glued to my phone more than anything. If I do that, what is the experience like for you at those games? Because I mean, Listen to each their own. Some people just enjoy like the the stadium environment and being out there. But for me, it's like uh, almost like an opportunity cost, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. uh, I could be at the game or I could just be on my couch watching all the games instead.
1: So I'll be honest. Here's what happened. Uh, The first half, pretty much watch the entire game. Um, I was lucky enough to be invited by some of the play up staff um, Mm -hmm. to be in their box today. And Yeah, thank you, Colin Murphy. I watched pretty much the entire first half out on the field. Not on the field, but, you know. Second half started going in and out as games started closing and I wanted to start checking my bets. Got the two TVs up and I got my phone and I'm basically sweating all of my stuff. So as that, the more and more that game seemed sealed for New England, it's exactly that. Like, I can't turn away from all the other stuff. And I want to be as prepared as I can for this, too. So, yeah, opportunity cost is, is a good way to put it.
0: How did the day end up for you from a betting perspective?
1: Uh, it went really well. So two bigger bets. One was Carolina plus six, which I bet earlier in the week. And mm. then today I did put money on New England money line. Um, so those two hit. Carolina was back and forth. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, and then I was fortunate enough that all my smaller bets hit too. So last two weeks have been pretty good to me. That's good.
0: Uh, Same sides as you. Uh, Probably worst price, definitely worst price on Carolina. I played that a little bit later in the week, but still uh, really liked it. I made that game three, Atlanta three, ended up playing four and a halves and four on Carolina. Also was on New England on the spread, minus one and a half there. Um, Honestly, I I feel like today should have been better. I had a really large play on Arizona, which we can talk about that afterwards. But if you look at the Arizona-Minnesota box score and you were to just hide the team names, You'd be hard-pressed to figure out which team won by eight points because it was such an even game. But that's the NFL. Um, It is what it is. And uh, don't live in the past. I mean, I guess we do live in the past for a little bit of this show at the very least. But um, Michael Fortner says, Good evening, gentlemen. I'll be attempting to guess the lines alongside you tonight. Only line I've seen so far is Philly-Houston spread. Uh, I actually encourage people to do that. I think it's actually a really good exercise. Um, Create your own numbers. Try to guess what the numbers will be before you even bet them and then that way you can actually go out and bet them after the fact instead of having this preconceived notion in your head of i need to bet on a specific team um so let's get into it um this week specifically anything that you felt strongly about that was solidified by today's games
1: uh that was solidified um I actually had a very good feeling that the Eagles would still put up a lot of points and then that game would go over. Um, that was something that didn't surprise me. Um, the other thing that didn't surprise me was the Cowboys putting up more points than I think were expected for them either. Um, those were the two that didn't really surprise me. And then the Rams offense still struggling. That didn't surprise me. Either. Those are probably the three that come to mind the quickest.
0: Uh- yeah, I think uh, the, I, I, I held out more hope for the Rams. I don't know why. I, I think stupidly, I would say in hindsight, but uh, part of why I kind of like the Rams is they got Brian Allen, their center back. They're coming off a bye where I felt like they couldn't get that O-line in shape over the course of just like one week, but um, maybe an extra week off. I don't know. I convinced myself into the Rams being something that they clearly are not. I think we're seeing certain teams this year uh, whether that's the Bucks, the Rams, uh, and now the Packers live on Sunday night football, down 17 to the Buffalo Bills as we talk through this that are just not what we expected. And we have to kind of realize that that is the case. Uh, for me in particular, uh, Zach Wilson is terrible, solidified. Um, there is no way that the Jets, like holding the Patriots offense to 3.8 yards per play success rate. There is absolutely no way the Jets should have lost that game today. But Zach Wilson, the guy is, he's, he's a disaster. Like I've never seen a quarterback just throw an interception. Well, I have seen it, but it's so rare trying to throw the ball away. Can't even get the ball out of bounds. Just threw it directly to like, he is so, so bad. And I feel bad because I think the Jets kind of have a good defense. They have a good coaching staff but they're just so limited with this guy at quarterback and they have to see it out because they drafted him so highly.
1: And his lows are so, so low. Like the bottom end of his range is just really, really bad. And, you know, it's a little too early to go to the sunk cost route with him. I think, you know, I think you have to play it out and give him a little bit more time, but I really, if anybody's expecting a Josh Allen type of turnaround, I think they're going to be sorely disappointed.
0: I agree. I mean listen, it can happen. We've sure. definitely seen young quarterbacks. Peyton Manning comes to mind who's horrible for I don't know, maybe the first year and a half of his NFL career. I'm a Cowboys fan. Troy Aikman would be another one that comes to mind, but he just does not have to seem he does not seem to have the mental capacity to play the position.
1: Like Yeah, it's a different it's a different type of struggle it seems than what those guys were doing. It seemed like eventually As those guys matured, they started picking up on things and those mistakes that you really shouldn't be making in your second year, they weren't making anymore.
0: Agreed. Um, Selfishly, as a Dallas Cowboys fan, for those who are watching the video, you do see the Cowboys symbol behind me. Um, Definitely solidified. I mean, it's hard to say for sure because it is the Bears defense, but the Cowboys offense is better off when Tony Pollard is the workhorse back, plain and simple. he's just that much better than Ezekiel Elliott in terms of, you know, like dynamic skill. Um, So definitely to me, that was one thing that stood out Um, going back to last week, particularly um, what I had said about last week, I said, Cincinnati's offense is way, way, way better. That was solidified with last week's performance. We will see that on Monday night football, whether or not that is the case. And additionally, Tampa Bay's offense is a dumpster fire was solidified last week. They end up losing outright um, to the, um, to the Baltimore Ravens on Thursday night. I think we might've lost Clive in the short term. He will uh, join here um, really quickly. Um, Steven makes a he brings up the uh, Elijah Moore comment today when asked about his chemistry with Zach Wilson. I don't even know. I don't get the ball. So that's, um, that's interesting, but Clive will be back. The show goes on. Um, get into, uh, I think, stuff that greatly changed um, my opinions on any team this week. And the one that stands out to me would be the 49ers, particularly the offense. Um, so I, like again, um, I'm not a running backs don't matter type of guy. Um, I never have been. I think there are certain dynamic play ba- playmakers that um, as we welcome Clive back in here um, there's certain dynamic playmakers to me that are like maybe undervalued because everybody just like, Oh, you know, the running back doesn't matter. He's replaceable by this person replaceable by that person. The 49ers offense with Christian McCaffrey is absurdly good because yeah, he's just a safe. Like I thought no Debo, no Kyle Juszczyk. Not that Juszczyk, he's a fullback. But like they they use him so much, right? Whether it's in the passing game or run blocking or whatever. I did not think that they would have the success that they had today. And adding Christian McCaffrey, one thing about Garoppolo is he'll get the ball out. Like he's not going to throw it downfield a whole lot, but he gets it in his playmaker's hands. And he's just bouncing off tackles. And uh, man, the 49ers to me, they're like, legit Super Bowl contender, despite the fact that they haven't had a great start to the year and they've had a ton of injuries. I can see this offense starting to hum going forwards.
1: So that was going to be one of the things that I thought we would talk through later, because I heard you and Alex talking about the Vikings uh, on the halftime show. And yeah, they're the favorites for the NFC North, but I don't think the NFC is strong at all. However, I see the 49ers having potential to pull away From the rest of the conference, like they have that type of ability, and McCaffrey is that other playmaker. They get the ball in people's hands in motion. They get the ball into their speed guys' hands. Now they have Debo and McCaffrey. If those guys can get healthy and be healthy throughout their playoff run, they could be dangerous for a lot of teams.
0: It's it's almost like George Kittle's forgotten too. Now he did catch a touchdown to seal the game today, but like another weapon, Brandon Ayuk was was amazing. Mm -hmm. Like. They are surrounded by talent and as long as the O-line can hold up, like obviously we know what, what the case is here, right? Like you got to avoid the Jimmy G backbreaking interception and you have to avoid that on a weekly basis. And that's, that's not going to change at any time going forwards. But now with Trent Williams back at left tackle, healthy offensive line, in fairness, he did throw the backbreaking interception today was just dropped by Jalen Ramsey over the middle of the field. He you know, fumbled it a bunch of times and dropped it, but um, it, it does feel like Steve Lin mentions it here. Fast forward to San Fran Philly NFC championship game. Um, you know, someone else mentioning it, Scott as well, San Fran Philly in playoffs opens Philly minus three San Fran gets bet. Probably. I mean, those to me look like uh, I'd maybe throw Dallas into the mix in terms of like a clear top three for me in the NFC right now. Um, would be Eagles, Cowboys, 49ers, and you can interchange San Fran, Dallas, however you want. But I, I don't think that there's anyone even remotely close to those three in the NFC right now.
1: No, and, and all three of them have defenses that can absolutely play when healthy.
0: Yep. I mean, that's a huge factor. Uh, anything for you today that you saw that would have greatly changed your opinion of a team?
1: Well, I, I, I've said this. This will be the third week in a row that I've said this. I still don't understand the Raiders. Um, I I understand the saints have, you know, potential on defense and they're probably not as bad as they've been, but the Raiders putting up a goose egg today was not something that I anticipated at all. Um, so that caught me by surprise. The Seahawks giants game giants finally played somebody that I think has some talent and didn't give a game away. So that wasn't necessarily surprising either. Um, that that's really the main one. Raiders is the one that really, really just sticks with me as a, as a surprise, and I don't know how to grade them going forward.
0: So, like, if you throw this Raiders game into the models, it's going to significantly downgrade the Raiders' offense uh, because the Raiders had 183 net yards today, 3.3 yards per play. They tied Houston for the worst EPA per play on the board today, which that's I mean, an I accomplishment. I I was was just going to say, I don't know if anyone watched Houston's offense today, but it was pathetic. Um, They had a 33% success rate offensively. Now, I'll I'll, I'll throw out some commentary on the Raiders today. You tell me if you think that there's anything to it or not. Might have lost you again, Clive, but I'll throw it out for people there and we'll have you rejoin. I know sometimes these streams get a little bit tricky at night. Um, So essentially the Raiders all week are dealing with this flu situation, right? And they don't get the practice first team reps with all these guys over the course of the week. They, you know, they're basically struggling to get things together because of, um, you know, everyone's out. I mean, they don't know if they're going to play for flu. So they don't get these first team reps overall. And then, Essentially, what happens is you get this type of game where no practice over the course of the week, don't know what kind of game plan you're running. Offense just looks completely and utterly lost for the entirety of the game. So um, I think that I don't even know that I will include this Raiders game in my model going forwards. That might be like something really weird for someone to say. Um, might be the complete wrong move, but I just don't think that this is indicative of the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, offense. So what was reported here? Brimo is a good question. It was the wide receiver room with a few other individual players that did not practice, but they could not get an offensive game plan together. Like Derek Carr was not throwing to his wide receivers in practice this week. Um, So I don't know, maybe I'm just making excuses. You just don't see the Raiders offense look that bad that often. They were fourth in EPA per play. um, And essentially today put in a complete dud Um, flu game for the Raiders. Don't know that it matters, Clive. I I just, I don't know that. I feel like there's just certain circumstances where you can kind of dismiss a game. And maybe like I should have thought of this beforehand and said, going to be tough to put together a a decent game plan without being able to throw to wide receivers and practice for the entire week and get stuff together, but they look lost. And I do think the Saints are also undervalued, which is a contributor as well.
1: Yeah, so um, one of the things that I did this week was earlier with the the line, what it was, I did take an over on the Raiders-Saints. And then today when Waller was announced out, I kind of bought off that where I had a little bit of closing line value. Um, again, we talk about closing line value. That gives you options. So when things like this happen, that you can buy off it and you turn a negative EV play into what's it, probably a neutral EV play um, overall. So, uh yeah, I'm, I'll downgrade the Raiders a little bit from my, you know, wonky rating system for them, but I, I'm not going to overly go crazy with it either. It's one game still, and there were other circumstances, like you mentioned.
0: So, like we do, it, we we talk about this every week, but we make sure to talk about what we think people will overreact to the following week, like the average fan. And I had Raiders just written in caps across my sheet, like it was horrible. They, they played a horrible, horrible game. And I think why, in particular, people will overreact to this is most people think the Saints stink. And I don't yeah. think the Saints stink. I think the Saints have been plagued by turnovers this year, but they were number two team in terms of net success rate coming into this week. I think that they've just been literally killed by turnovers. And maybe that'll continue going forwards. Andy Dalton's not a guy that's going to protect the ball every week, right? Um, they're away from Jameis now, which is... I mean, at least an upgrade in terms of turnovers, but the Saints don't stink. So it's going to look like New Orleans, this bad football team, just slaughtered Las Vegas. What's wrong with Las Vegas? And I, I think that's where we're going to see the biggest overreaction. Um, we'll guess the lines when they come out, but Las Vegas does go to Jacksonville next week to take on the Jags, um, who will be coming back from London. And I suspect that that line is going to look a little bit differently than it might have looked at looked like going into this week.
1: Yeah, they're, they're both of those teams, the Raiders and the Saints. They're just like in that firm middle third that 12 isn't that much far farther away from 20. You know what I mean? Like and this is one of those performances that show that there's just not a ton of separation in the middle part of the league. You know, the Texans are extremely bad. Like that's that's a given. The bills are really, really good. And then it just starts getting tighter and tighter
0: in the middle. Agreed. Um, it's really challenging this year. the The breakup of tiers um, is very different to years past. Uh, I know. Last week, I pre- I brought up unpredictable and showed the NFL market rankings. But like this year, you kind of have Buffalo, big drop off, and then you get like your KC. And I don't even know that they that the market puts Philly in that range just yet. But you get like KC, Philly, then you get your drop off of like. San Fran, Dallas, Baltimore, Cincy, and I I think Tampa Bay would be in that range going into this week. Maybe they get downgraded even more now. And then there's just like this group of like, honestly, maybe 15 teams that are within like three points of one another. There's just no no one that separates themselves there. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Anything else that stood out to you as potentially – something that people might overreact to this week.
1: No, that was really it. I think a lot went according to plan. I mean, the Colts are done. I mean, for the most part, I think they're kind of thrown in the towel. Um, I, I, <laughs> watching the Colts come back without Wentz today, there was a little bit of a satisfaction in that for me because mm-hmm. this is, I think, the third week now that I've had a bet on the commanders that has come, come into fruition. So there's a little bit of, satisfaction there but to me that's not necessarily all that surprising it's just you know things went to uh to par
0: that was one of the games today There, there's this happens every week in the nfl where you know someone might feel really really comfortable with a position and then it just evaporates like that like at one point in the second half it looked like indy was just okay i think when they went up 16-7 maybe in that game mm-hmm. There, it was just like, this is done. See you later, Washington cake. And then it just like flips on a dime. And that Terry McLaurin catch late in the game um, was absolutely fantastic. Um, pulling it away from Stephon Gilmore at the goal line there to, to get the team in the field goal range. So a uh, really good game overall. Uh, there are people who are going to be listening to this on Monday. I do want to do a quick preview of Monday Night Football. Uh, I've shared my thoughts on this this week. Market was very, actually very interesting this week in this game because once Jamar Chase got ruled out, a bunch of Cleveland money came in right away, as you would expect. But then Cincy got bet back up almost like maybe half an hour afterwards where the same line was available in market as when Jamar Chase was announced out. And I honestly don't really know what to make of this game, but I feel like Cincy is just coming together now. And it's... the a team like the Bengals is going to be very hard for me to get right because you have like the season long data that makes them, in my opinion, look worse than they actually are right now. But you can't just like dismiss the games that happened earlier in the, in the, in the season, but they're playing a different scheme on offense. They're running all this stuff out of shotgun. They're passing way more. So it's like, what do you do in this case? And I, I think that creates just a huge amount of uncertainty with Cincinnati.
1: Yeah. So I have a, uh, a decent play on Cleveland three and a half tomorrow. If the Bengals don't go back to that over reliance running on first down and things like that, if, if they go to that, I feel a little bit more comfortable in my position. If they continue with the game plan, the way they've gone the last few weeks, uh, not running the ball on first down and being unsuccessful and having second, eight, second and nines all the time then i i feel a little less worse and i you know i could see myself maybe trading out in the middle of the game but to your point you can't throw away the beginning of the season but it's a if it's a different scheme yes it's the same team on paper but they're doing something completely different and that's what's kind of difficult about the nfl too is you're dealing with 17 games now for each team the nba you could see 82 games and you know like the celtics last year you know, 30 games in something like that, their whole identity changed. So those are the things that you look for to where the market hasn't adjusted well enough yet. And that's where I think you could take advantage. And the Bengals might be a team like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just very tough, tough because you do have to draw a line in the sand and say like, I am, I am now willing to bet this team and say that they are a completely different team than what I am typically accustomed to. And that's always challenging because you're taking a stance, right? Um, and, I mean, I like doing that type of stuff, but there's always going to be some, uh, some second guessing whenever it comes to that stuff as well. Um, all right, we'll leave it at that. I can't say much more other than I have a strong lean on the Bengals. We'll see how the, the Browns' secondary injuries play out. Greg Newsome and Greedy Williams are expected to play, so probably nothing there for me, but I do feel like the Bengals are a team that might potentially go on a run here, and I might be looking back and scratching my head saying, why didn't I not win more? off of my perception of this team. Uh, If you're looking for a full preview for Bengals at Browns tomorrow night, you can join myself and my co-host for primetime at, uh, my my co-host is Eric Eager, I should say his name, of Sumer Sports, 8 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. That'll be live on the Hammer HQ, YouTube and Twitch channels, live on Twitter as well. Make sure you subscribe to the Hammer HQ. Also make sure you subscribe wherever you're watching or listening to this now as every single follower definitely helps. All right, let's get into it. Let's uh, do week nine, guess the lines. Right. And this is going to be, uh, I don't know how many teams are on the buy next week. I think it's more, there was four this week. It might be up to six. It's going to be one a week where it's up to six. Um, so we might have fewer games to talk about, but we'll start uh, and we'll, we'll try to go through rotation number order here unless... Um, you know, It's either the Bills or Packers who are still live right now. We'll get to that at the end if possible. But uh, Eagles at Texans is going to be our starting point for Thursday night football. This is going to be uh, – thankfully, I'm not doing prime time for the hammer for Thursday night football. That's a Joey Knish, Andrew Walker special right there. Um, obviously, it's a game we can bet though. So <laughs> the Texans suck today. Like this Probably number terrible. has to be – astronomically high for a road team in the NFL for the Eagles.
1: So I kind of quickly went through like all the games for this week and and you're going to have a few significant road favorites, but a lot of road favorites in general, it's going to be, I think more than half of the half of the slate. So I I would open this probably at 13. um, And I would not be shocked if the Eagles take a little bit of money at 13. Um, I think it, it trends towards 13 and a half before it goes back down to 12 and a half.
0: So the Eagles are very tough, in my opinion, uh, to value in market because they get the Eagles get bet every week. Like almost every week, the Eagles take money at some point. They took money on game day today against Pittsburgh. We've seen this not only this year, but going back to last year. So there is influential money. There's someone out there that bets heavily on the NFL that they like the Eagles pretty consistently. So it's very hard for me to say that you know, the Eagles are not going to take money in a specific spot unless the line is large. I would say if this line is under 14, then the Eagles get bet up to 14. Like I I would probably put it out at 14 and just see where it goes. It almost seems insane to say it because prior to this week, like if I was setting this line this week, not having seen Pittsburgh Philly or Houston, Tennessee, it probably would have been a lot closer to 10, but the Texans cannot stop the run. Like, they are going to get shred. They got shredded by a quarterback in Malik Willis. Like, Malik Willis, Derrick Henry. Henry had a field day. They didn't even have to respect the pass today against a Tennessee offensive line that has major injuries, and they got killed on the ground. And how does that change? Like, it's not going to change against the Eagles. So then it becomes a matter of, can the Texans score? Are they capable of backdooring? Maybe, but... It ha- this line has to be 14, in my opinion, in order to get any to like anyone to, to consider taking the Texans.
1: Yeah, and you read on the Texans, I think it's is pretty good. I mean, I had a bet on the t- Titans before Tannehill was out. And to be honest, because of what I thought their game plan was going to be, I really didn't care all that much. Like I wasn't like in some sort of rush to get off that game because Tannehill wasn't going to play. This right. was going to be a Derrick Henry game where nothing was going to happen good. It just happened that Derrick Henry had a game. So, um, what are you thinking on a total for this? When you have such a discrepancy, like Houston's probably the worst offensive team in the league, um, and other than the Lions, they might be the worst defensive team too. Like now that I think about it, like there might not be anybody worse.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at Houston's um, efficiencies that I have. I mean, technically, I have I have Carolina's offense slightly worse than houston but after i input my numbers from today that's almost certainly going to change so i think you're right like houston let's put it this way houston is definitely definitely a bottom three offense and definitely a bottom five defense like they they just like you know nico collins was out today maybe they get him back maybe that helps their offense a little bit but overall um if i had to guess at total I'm probably going to say like 42 and a half. And I don't, I actually don't know where it will go because I have no confidence in that number whatsoever. Uh,
1: Yeah. So I've two. when I have two numbers, I tend to write the one that I think it's going to open and which way it's going to go or like which way it's more likely to go. So I have 43, 42 and a half. So I'm I'm with you there.
0: Okay. So just trying to look at the schedules from these teams this year, Um, median total, like in terms of final score for Houston games this year has been forty, Eagles have been around forty three. So yeah, I think that's a decent, decent enough guess. I don't really know where it's going to go, uh, nor do I think I will have action on this game in any capacity. But um, yeah, tough one, uh, man. Really, I, I'm I'm interested to see who the Eagles play the following week. It's the Commanders. Just wondering if it's like one of those games where it's like go into Houston, get the win, get out healthy, rest the starters if you can. That that potentially opens up the back door. for Yeah, the and that's Texans. a Monday night
1: game too against Washington at home.
0: That's that's, that's a, a weird sp- weird scheduling quirk, right? For th- for Philly to get a Thursday followed by a Monday, it's like a eleven day in between. Yeah, unusual. Huh. Huh. Um, okay. First game, rotation, 451, 452. Indianapolis Colts go to New England to take on the Patriots. Um, Patriots, like we mentioned off the top, really ugly offensive performance today. Won the game basically because of um, their defense in terms of forcing turnovers, forcing three New York Jets turnovers today. But 3.8 yards per play offensively from Mac Jones. What I particularly noticed about watching, and you were at the game yourself, but a lot of run, run, pass early for New England, very conservative, um, which kind of worked out. I mean, I kind of feel like Belichick does get into these game plans where it's like, well, we just have a lemon of a quarterback on the other side. Let's not make the mistake. And like, he will. Let's force him to. And that worked out for them today. Uh, Indy loses a heartbreaker at home, uh, 17 to 16. Pretty even game. Um, They out-yarded Washington in terms of yards per play, 6 to 5.9, very close uh, around the board. Difference maker, Colts in the red zone, uh, came up with a touchdown just one of three times, which really hurt them in that game. A couple things at play here, or at least one thing at play here, is going to be Bill Belichick against a young quarterback, um, which comes up pretty regularly, especially Mm -hmm. against, you know, Didn't really work against Justin Fields, Monday night football. He's more mobile, but that's also what I wanted to talk about as well. The Patriots have played two quarterbacks this year, who I would consider mobile quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, those were games where they couldn't stop anything. So does Ellinger give the Colts a chance to maybe move the ball because he's a little bit more athletic in this one?
1: Yeah, I, I saw it a little bit with him today. Not a ton. I mean, I, I didn't get to see as much of that game um, or, or the highlights as I should have. But I, I think there's an element to it that you don't have to worry about, obviously, with Matt Ryan, who was a giant statue. Um, I don't think that's enough for that team to be able to kind of not manipulate, but uh, exploit anything that the Patriots have from a weakness. It's just not a strong enough running quarterback I guess yeah um,
0: but fair enough he's, he's just more I, I mean I guess relative to Matt Ryan it's night and day but you're right it's probably not a true it's not a Lamar Jackson it's a lot of Justin Fields so um, granted that's a good point
1: but here's the thing I think it, it is an element that if they were playing the Matt Ryan Colts I would feel better about a Patriots team against that team that was going to be definitely one-dimensional so there's validity to it. It's just how much do you really think it matters? And for everyone that's listening, I don't know if you guys heard this before, but you know we don't look at the lines beforehand. Did a quick scan earlier. I had a hard time putting a number on this game. I am probably opening it at minus six, but I don't feel good about it.
0: Yeah, so I was going to say I would guess Patriots minus six and a half, but I would guess that the Colts take money throughout the week. Um, I don't think that there's going to be a lot of interest in laying points with the Patriots. The Last time this happened was the Monday night football game where they lost to the Bears, where the Patriots did get bet up a little bit. Granted, it wasn't just like anything crazy, but they did get bet up a little bit in that game. Um, I don't think that the Patriots are going to be appealing having to win by margin. They have won games by margin this year. Don't get me wrong. But when people look think of that offense, it's not one that they would associate with a team that can continue to win by margin. So my guess would be six and a half Patriots, one way money on the Colts over the course of the week, maybe gets down to less than six, something like five and a half would be my guess. And this has to be a super low total. Like I would say this is not even in the forties.
1: I have 40 and a half, but I would expect it to get that down.
0: Yeah. 40 and a half, I think under money, I, I was, I was guessing 39 and a half. We're not far off. Um, we're not far off on that one, but um And this game
1: might've already opened. Like we might've seen, like if Sunday numbers are out there, it might've started at 40 and a half today. And if it's bet down to 39 and a half, I would not be surprised at all.
0: Yeah. Now, obviously just want to preface for those out there. I'm not a meteorologist either. I'm not looking at what the weather's going to be like, you know, full week from now. That's very hard to predict. These are things though, you obviously have to take into account when you're betting the NFL in November. So just um, for those out there, be aware that that can, you know, obviously make an impact. Um, The Miami Dolphins travel to Soldier Field to take on the Chicago Bears, a Bears defense today that when I say they got torched, they got torched. Um, 7.8 yards per play for the Cowboys, 56% success rate for the Cowboys, 0.45 EPA per play for the Cowboys, which was the highest total of any team in the NFL this week. Uh, felt like the Bears were trailing for the majority of the game. Got a few lucky plays that worked in their favor as well, including an overturned fumble, uh, roughing the passer on a on a turnover as well. Um, I mean, so did Mac Jones earlier today, which we didn't talk about, but that, that one was clearly a, a, a roughing the passer. Um, God, he was horrible. Mac Jones is horrible today. But we're on to this one. Uh, Dolphins looked offensively, Lot better. They trailed 14 0 to the, the Lions. They trailed a lot of that game. Um, but Tua opened it up. It is the Lions defense. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. We have to account for that. Uh, but I definitely think that in the eyes of the market, Miami's getting upgraded and Chicago's getting downgraded going into next week.
1: So Miami gave three and a half today, right? Like that's what it did it close at three and a half or did it close at four?
0: Miami close at four. Uh, Yeah, it depends on the book. So Circa Las Vegas, Chris closed four. We did see some three, mostly fours. You're right. Yeah.
1: Um, So I think the Bears are viewed. Well, yeah, this is tough. I don't know where, where would you open this? I don't think it's going to be too far different from what the Dolphins Lions game was, but I'm interested to see what you would think on this one first.
0: So Miami was one-way action again this week. They just kind of continuously got bet up. Chicago, um, early money on Dallas, a little bit of late money on the Bears today at game time. Um, But uh, I don't know. I'm going to guess something like, this is a really tough one. I'm going to say like I would throw out a Miami minus six. And I would expect the bears to take money at that number.
1: Yeah. I am a little bit lighter than you are, but I think my number is probably more where the line gets to, as opposed to where it it opens. Yep. Um, Like if this game ends at four and a half, I think that's probably right. Mm. But or like, you know, four minus like 120, if it, if it goes that way, I mean, you don't see a ton of that at four, but it could happen. Um, so
0: my, my perspective is this, right? We've seen this very similarly with Dallas, right? Dallas back-to-back weeks played Detroit in Chicago. They closed what seven, seven and a half. I can't remember exactly what it was with Detroit, but I think seven. Right. And they closed roughly 10 against the bears. Now, it's it's not really a three point difference because eight and not eight is a little bit more valuable, but like nine is kind of dead at this yep. point. So it's not it's not apples to apples, but obviously the market has Detroit somewhat better than Chicago. Um, so now Miami closes four on the road at the Lions today. It has to be higher than that in my. It opinion. does. So maybe it's not quite six, and maybe you're right. Like it's closer to four and a half or five or something like that, but. I definitely can't see, like by game time, the Dolphins going off at four at Chicago as well.
1: Yeah, and despite what this game finished, the Dolphins' lines today, if they were to probably re, re-line this, I don't think it ends at four. I think it's probably closer to five. Um, but I think Detroit and Chicago are damn near interchangeable in terms of what their their market value should be. So, I, I think we're in the same little ballpark. I, I struggle a lot in that four to six range of where things should be. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not dead numbers the same way that eight and nine. Like, it's not the same, obviously, but um, I, I think we're kind of grading them similar. It's just a matter of market closing versus what they're going to throw out there to open.
0: I have but the a, market uh, definitely
1: likes the Dolphins more than they like the Bears for sure in terms of what their ratings are.
0: Yeah. I, I have a hard time putting a total on this game because. The Bears offense is getting better, but they play like they're exclusively on like on the ground. Right. Like there's no real real big aerial plays. There was a couple today against the Cowboys. So it makes it extremely challenging to put a total on them. But the Dolphins defense is not doing it for me overall right now. And um, I think this has to be probably in the mid 40s, like a 45. Um, I would be more inclined to say it gets bet to the over. But then again, you got a November Chicago game you got a warm weather team in Miami going there who knows how that impacts things um potentially maybe just hangs around in that that mid 45 range
1: yeah i think that's fair um it's going to be obviously weather dependent i mean this game t- today dolphins lions closed at 52 almost everywhere some 52 and a half it looks like with some like less juice the lions of the worst defense in the league by far so it's definitely I think 45 is probably a decent number. Um, And it might get up to like 45 and a half, 46. Uh,
0: Just want to respond to a comment here that uh, came through the uh, Ford Progress YouTube channel. I suppose I'm new to the show, but lines have been out for like three hours. No. Yes, fair enough. Uh, We purposely do not expose ourselves to the opening lines to do this. So we do try to guess um, where they would have opened and which direction the market will take them over the course of the week. So fair question. Um, But definitely, I am not looking at early lines, neither is Clive, and we're doing our best to avoid those at all costs. All right, Uh, the Minnesota Vikings win yet again. Uh, They travel to Washington to take on the Commanders, so two teams that pulled out uh, victories today. I I mentioned this earlier, Vikings box score. Good luck trying to find a discrepancy between them and the Arizona Cardinals today, aside from that turnover um, number. Which was three for Arizona, one for Minnesota, a huge muffed punt that swung the game in the favor of the Vikings when they were up 28 26, went on to score a touchdown on that drive. Washington, eh, like a performance today, I guess you would say. They win the game. Um, I think. And a Michael
1: Pittman drop yeah, a- around midfield that you know, one play, one play from there, they're in field goal range. So, I mean, they kind of just want a coin flip.
0: I completely forgot about that play. He was wide open on that one. Um, that would have been, that was after Washington was leading, correct? And Indy had a yeah. chance to drive the field to, to get into field goal range.
1: Yeah. Under a minute left um, with, I believe no timeout, I think was the situation, but I just remember the drop where he was around midfield and he wasn't going to get out of bounds, but they had enough time to stop the clock somehow. I don't remember the exact details, but that was a big drop and right. an uncontested drop.
0: Yeah. Wide open. I think they had one timeout left. They could have used it and then maybe potentially got into field goal range. Um, but it is what it is now. I feel like the sentiment on the Vikings is very much what I believe, which is that they've played nobody. They continue to beat nobody. They continue to pull out a lot of these coin flip games. Um, it's, it, this is a very tough one to put a number on because I almost feel like it's, it's, the, it's the same thing with the Giants, maybe with the Jets as well, where it's like this team is not as good as their record. Now, Minnesota, I think, shows a little bit more than those teams in specific. But I do think that, I don't want to say no matter where the number comes out, I do think that Washington is going to be a popular side amongst the sharp community this week, purely because everyone has that expectation that Minnesota is just going to come back down to earth at some point soon.
1: I wouldn't be sure, shocked if this opens at Viking six and gets bet down quickly. Cause yeah. I don't think it should be six, but I think the market sentiment might, might be there and based on priors and things like that, I think it could open six. I mean, if it's me, I probably open it at, Vikings minus five and a half. And I still think the commanders take a little bit of money.
0: So uh, Green Bay played in Washington a few weeks ago, um, game that they lost outright. And the Packers were roughly minus four, minus four and a half. Gil brings up the same point in the chat as well. Um, How is Minnesota viewed relative to Green Bay is the question.
1: I think they're viewed similar to what Green Bay was viewed then if that makes sense. So I think Green Bay has been overvalued for a while now. And that commander scheme, I think opened Green Bay five and a half and got bet down.
0: You are correct. It did. Now, was that the first, that was the first Taylor Heineke game. If I recall, it was yes. Um, I think that the market views Green Bay a slightly higher than Minnesota. Now, whether you agree or not with that sure. being the case, I think that the market has Green Bay probably a half point better than the Vikings. It's really hard to say that for, for certain because obviously we have Green Bay Buffalo Sunday night football and Buffalo, the, the, the spreads on their games are just going to be, you know, very large against opponents. It's going to be very hard to, to take away what the other, the true ranking is for the opponent. But um, I think something like four and a half, um, minnesota sounds right but like as i say that if i say that out loud to myself i would immediately bet washington like and i think everyone would like who's gonna go lame four and a half with minnesota on the road so i don't know that it can be four and a half it might have to be lower it might have to be four and even then i still think that it's going to be one way commander's money
1: yeah um that'll probably be the first game i check once we close this one off, because I'm very, very, very curious of what they open, but I think it's anything over four gets bet to the commanders, and it's one way, like you said.
0: Uh, Minnesota's been on a run of high-scoring games. Um, Since week three, 52 points, 53 points, 51 points, 40 points, and then today uh, against the Cardinals, 60 points. So they've been playing some pretty high-scoring games. Washington, on the other hand, Um, since week three, now granted different quarterback situation, but 32, 35, 38, 19, 44, 33. So different dynamics here Um, probably would just throw this total out at 44 and say, let's see where it's going to go. I think it would go towards over personally, just because the Vikings, I think profile as more of an over team than the commanders do an under team. But I think, 44 is probably the number i'm sending out and i'm expecting if any action to be uh to come in to be on the over
1: yeah listen here here's what i wrote down for the game quickly i wrote down vikings four and a half, forty-three and a half. 43 and so i mean i kind of talked myself into the fact that i think the vikings might open higher but kind of in the same ballpark
0: pretty much on 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 par there so no major discrepancies yet me and you this week um okay Chargers come off the bye week. They go to Atlanta. They play the Falcons. I don't know what the Chargers wide receiver situation is going to look like. Um, Mike Williams did miss the game prior to their bye, as did Keenan Allen was back, I believe, for that specific game. But they were also missing Josh Palmer. Um, kind of matters if they're depending on like, what they have at wide receiver, man, Atlanta, they, like, they, they, they stink. The Falcons are bad. I
1: can't tell. So I didn't get to watch much of that game minus like the last four and a half, five minutes. I got to see almost all of that nightmare of an ending of a game for anybody who had, you know, Carolina, there was no shot that that should not have covered or been even a sweat and it turned into a nightmare. But is it that teams are adjusting to Mariota a little bit? Because I didn't get to see enough of the game. I mean, they still put up 37 points, but I looked at Mariota's numbers specifically, and, and they weren't that strong.
0: It's that Mariota stinks, and it's starting to like become a, a real problem. They're a run-first team. They can yep. move the ball pretty effectively on the ground, but they just don't have enough in the passing game. And... I mean, looking at today's numbers, Atlanta and Carolina specifically, I mean, not horrible offensive numbers for Atlanta. 6.1 yards uh, per play, uh, 45% success rate, pretty average stuff. They went 6 of 12 on third down, like just a, a day. Like they had a day. Now, funny enough, today specifically, the Falcons had a high success rate passing the ball and very low running the ball. But they don't want to do that. That's not their identity. It's not who they are. And they just basically want Mariota to throw as little as possible. Um, the question is now, you know, the matchup for me in this, because ordinarily, like if I knew nothing about these teams, I would love the chargers coming off of a buy here opportunity to get back on track against what I feel is not a great team, but the chargers can't stop the run. They just get run over by a lot of these teams over and over. So can they even stop the Falcons if they want to, um, I feel like Herbert's going to have a huge day, but I could also see the Falcons putting together these long drives that just keep them on the sidelines for long periods of time.
1: Yeah. uh, God, What what has the Chargers' average total been? Yeah, it's got to be pretty big. Um,
0: I mean, I, I don't know what the number in this game is yet in terms of total, but I can tell you I wouldn't bet the under with like my worst enemies money in this game.
1: Yeah, this is to me, this is probably the second highest total of the week. I think
0: it's a fifties. No, probably,
1: uh, probably. But I think the Seattle Arizona game is probably a little bit higher. Um, so if this one was around 49, 49 and a half, I wouldn't be shocked, but I think it gets bet over if it's opening at that. Um, I thought we saw the return of points today. That was not the case. Um, for late games, but it's it, it's a high total. But I have a hard time with Atlanta. Like I think I still have them perceived as better offensively than they were from the first few weeks. Uh, we didn't talk about the side either, did we? Um, no.
0: I mean, um, I, I I honestly think that there's only one number that it can be. Let me put it that way. I think the only number that this game can be, and probably around where it closes is Chargers minus three. Okay. Because I, I think have... that's by far the most likely outcome in the game, by far, is Chargers win by three. I have I... three and a half, but okay. I had a
1: light three and a half, not okay. like a full. Um, so I think we're on the same page for the most part. I, I just I, – I think I'm looking at Atlanta as terrible. and But the Chargers haven't been great either, so to be fair.
0: The problem with the Falcons, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's going to be taken into account here, but their secondary sucks. Uh, Jalen Hawkins is hurt. AJ Terrell is hurt. Um, who did they lose to IR? Um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. Oh, Casey Hayward to IR. So like, if they have those problems in the secondary, the Chargers will be able to throw on them because the Falcons generate no pass rush whatsoever. We saw that today against Carolina. P.J. Walker had a lot of time to throw on some of these instances. So um, I'm going to say Chargers minus three. Don't know where the number will go. Honestly, I think it closes three, personally. Uh, total is 51. And I'm inclined to say scoring went up a little bit. We had some higher scoring games today again, finally, some shootouts. I'm inclined to say it still gets bet over.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is a clear, clear over game uh, unless some sort of something unforeseen happens Um where somebody doesn't play that we would think would play. It's, it's a big number. Yeah. fifty's better than my number. I think too. Yeah. Um, Could be a fun game to watch though.
0: Could be. Raiders. We talked about flu game. Uh, apparently they're staying in. Um, Florida this week because they're taking on the Jags. Jags get the trip back from London. Um, I find this one very challenging because uh, the, the the Jags had a standalone game, which they lost to a Broncos team, which people don't think very highly of. Um, weird game because early on felt like the Jags were just going to run away with it. And then they couldn't get anything going in the second half. Denver survives without with like Baron Browning's hurt, Randy Greg- Gregory's hurt. They still get a pass rush, they still play great defense. They win that game. Raiders, as we talked about earlier, was a, an absolute like complete, complete dud. Um, prior to this week, I would have guessed that the Raiders would be favored in this game. Now I think the Jags open as a small favorite or maybe pick' em range.
1: So what would you have had the Raiders before this week versus the Jags?
0: So two, two my, and a half? On my own personal numbers, roughly roughly that, yes.
1: If the market downgrades the Raiders that much and it opens, say it even opens pick, Raiders probably get play from sharp bets betters, no?
0: My my guess is that the Jags will open as a favorite and the Raiders will close as a favorite.
1: Yeah, okay. Yeah, we're on the same page. I would think. Because I've downgraded the Jags a decent chunk too from what they were in the beginning of the season. It's like, I don't know how many more weeks of this that I need to see that maybe this is just the team that they are where they're not going to execute well. Um, maybe they're not completely living up to the talent that they have. And and this is just what they are, Uh So I I am in agreement with you that the the Raiders close a favorite. I have a hard time opening this game though. Like what, what I think the market would open at versus what I think it should be.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know what the Jags like. They they look good for spurts. Then they're like Trevor Lawrence. How many red zone interceptions is this guy going to throw this year? Uh, I don't, I don't know, but I I do feel like the Raiders will be um, quote unquote sharp side. It depends on the price. Obviously. But if we were to see what I expect to see, which is Jags open small favorite, something like minus one, I think this game will flip um, in terms of going over to the Raiders. Now, in terms of a total, uh, Jacksonville, they've played more lower scoring games than people seem to realize this year, but their distribution is, is all over the place. Um, like they've had a few sh- you know, high scoring games. They've had three games, 50 or higher. They've had you a know, few games of uh, 24, 19. Las Vegas to me, despite the 24 nothing game today, profiles as a pure over team. Like, Las Vegas to me is top 10 offense, horrible defense. Um, I I think that this is going to be like 47 and a half, 48.
1: So, Raiders Saints today were 48 and a half.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You have this as a point worse. Do yes. you think that's enough? So,
0: so I think, I think that the Las Vegas offense needs to be downgraded. Sure.
1: Do you think the Jags though have a better offense or have better offensive expectancy than the Saints, even with the injuries?
0: Um, well, I mean, let's actually pull this up going into this week. So, I I had them pretty close. Now this would be a standalone because again, um, I I like the reference in predictable in terms of like what the market thinks and the market would have thought that the Jags offense is 1.4 points below average and the saints offense is 0.3. Yeah. So basically the saints offense being one point better. So I mean, that I, I, I mean, I'm just talking myself into 47 and a half being the right number if I thought 48 and a half was what closed today. I don't necessarily think that's truly the case, but um, that's where I think this number will be.
1: Okay. I I mean, I think I like the the under at that number, but I could see it opening there. I think I'm probably downgrading the, the Jags a little bit too much too.
0: Yeah. Side tangent here. Any one time somebody complains or says that, you know, getting the best of the number does not matter. I'll use this one example of Mason Crosby missing this 55 yard field goal here, but I, I do get a push, a very sweaty push on bills, minus 10 at a very Ooh. good off market number. Very, very, very sweaty. We will get to the bills and Packers games for next week as well. Now that they are final, but we'll keep moving on here. Um, Seahawks at Cardinals you referenced this already Clive in terms of seeing a super high total uh, Seahawks are going to start commanding some market respect right like it's it's going to happen
1: so you brought up impredictable right like yep I like using their numbers too it it gives me a decent little baseline of seeing where teams are and it's got the offensive and defensive side of it I mean Seattle was still two and a half points under or 2.6 to be precise how much can you still upgrade them at this point? Like, do you upgrade them to a point and a half under average? Or are you getting them even closer to average? I don't view the Giants still as a good football team, so I, I can't overly uh, – maybe this is a team that the public overreacts to after this week.
0: Possibly. Um, I'll say this about Seattle. I've imported all of today's data with the exception of the Green Bay Buffalo game, which is not out yet in its completion. Let's take a look specifically at the Seahawks defense. If I adjust their success rate on defense to the quality of competition that they face this year, um, which I'm going to guess has mainly been good offenses. Let's go across the schedule. I mean, they played San Fran, Detroit, New Orleans, Arizona chargers. I mean, Not super crazy good, but I guess teams that have had high success rates offensively this year, um, I get their defense as the third best adjusted success rate defense in the entire league, Wow, which I think is absurd, like nuts that I, I can't, I cannot believe how far the Seahawks defense has come in the last three weeks. Like think of what they've done in the last three weeks. They completely shut down Kyler Murray. They completely shut down the Chargers' offense today. They completely shut down the Giants' offense. Um, I mean, not no elite offenses there, but it's not only an offensive team; like they're coming around on the defensive side of the ball as well.
1: Well, it's funny too, unpredictable. They're thirty-one of thirty-two teams from a expected defense or defensive power rating, whatever term you want to use for it, um, which obviously does have to get bumped up, but. They're now probably to me at the the bottom of that middle chunk of teams now. Like they've moved up from that lower third into that chunk. And I still think they have room to kind of grow and get better. Like I, I think they're better yeah. than the Jags, better than the Browns, better than the Jets, Titans, Colts, Broncos. So I, I have them in the the Cardinal Saints range basically. And then the Dolphins are
0: probably a tick above. So my question would be this. Um, Arizona took a lot of money against Minnesota this week for the most part. Uh, A lot of it was early, I will say, but Arizona was a pretty popular side, uh, I guess amongst sharps this week. Um, As was Seattle in a sense, but that number didn't really come off of three over the course of the week at all. I do think more, you know, sharps own Seattle than the Giants today. But if if you were going to line that game today, if we were going to line Arizona and Seattle going into today, um, it was pro- like Arizona is probably more than a field goal favorite. Yeah, they're
1: probably point. three and a half.
0: Right. It's got a, yep. It's either three minus one twenty today or minus three and a half. Yeah. That can't happen anymore.
1: No, Can. now I'm struggling between two and two and a half of yeah. where it opens.
0: And then, who, who do you think draws? I have no idea who's going to be who's going to draw um, money this week because I, I sure as hell don't think people love to go to the window laying points at Arizona. A lot of times, they're a team that has they, they've struggled in this type of role, and I, I don't want to get too caught up in like spots and stuff like that. But generally speaking. Arizona, home favorite. It's not a role that people want, are running to back a team in, this team no. in specifically. So and I,
1: I haven't seen enough. I didn't see enough of numbers now that Hopkins is back. It's two weeks now in a row. I mean, the offense is putting up a few more points. I think if it's minus two, you probably get action both ways. Um, and it, you might see the number go two and a half at one point. You might see it get the one and a half, and you just might see kind of back and forth where it settles at, at two.
0: Um I'm gonna say Maybe two one and a half. half. Two and a half. Um Arizona is the number I would probably send out. I don't know where it would go. I honestly don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think the market truly respects Seattle enough yet to drive it down all that much. And I think the Cardinals have definitely been upgraded with the Andre Hopkins back. Um they did play a few weeks ago. Remember, they did play a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And Arizona closed what minus two and a half at Seattle. Yep. So there's been a pretty big adjustment here, and this is with Hopkins back.
1: And that was a game where the Cardinals. How many fourth downs did they miss? Was that they, the that, that was, was obs- the big
0: fourth down game, right? I think they went one of five on fourth down. Yeah, something like that. So
1: the, uh, although Seattle won, I think the metrics probably had the game a little bit closer um than what the final was so yeah I mean I'm probably comfortable sending out two and a half and then see where it gets bet
0: yeah just um I I I don't know that it is this one's really hard I think in terms of confidence level for me I have no idea where the market will go in terms of total for these teams I'm also not sure because again they played a very low scoring game right 19 to 9 and there's going to be some you know I don't want to say recency bias, but like that's fresh in people's minds. They played a few weeks ago. It was a low-scoring game. I typically think this would be a very high total, uh, but I think it actually might get money towards the under. So I'm going to say something like 50, and the under takes a bit of money.
1: I I wrote down 50 for this game. This was the highest one that I had. You you talked me into a higher Chargers Falcons number, to be honest, but this was the highest one that I had written down for, for now, and 50 was the exact number.
0: All right we move on a battle of disappointments bucks host the ravens god what a game what an ugly game tampa's got extra rest uh i'm not sure if that matters for this team anymore maybe brady's gonna turn it around now that the divorce papers have been filed and he doesn't (laughs) give a shit anymore is that possible maybe
1: yeah, I I guess I don't know. He he's looking a little gaunt too these days. Like he's not necessarily looking like you know a healthy Brady.
0: Guys in his mid forties, man. He's, he's we forget he's in his mid forties.
1: Yeah, he definitely looks a little different than he did last year. Um, yeah. and I just I keep downgrading the Rams more and more each week. So maybe this number that I'm I'm thinking of is I don't know what the right word is. A little over ambitious, but I wouldn't be shocked if I I like Tampa three minus one twenty.
0: Oh wow. Okay. You're higher than me. So um I'm this lower is because
1: this me. is me anti Rams. I think this is just me way too anti Rams. I'm being might, completely transparent.
0: So it might be. Um Rams drew money this week, so did the Bucks. They both let their backers down. Disappointing for both of the, their backers. Um, I think the Bucks are viewed as slightly better than the Rams, like slightly. Uh, I will say, like I, I think like minus two Bucks, minus two and a half, maybe, maybe. Um, I would be more inclined to say the Bucks get bet because of the extra rest. There's nothing to like about the Rams right now. You don't even know about Cooper, Cooper Cup, who like hobbled off the field at the end yep. of. think he avoided like a major ankle injury if he's out like this will just this will fly through three but i'm definitely on the other side of three than you
1: yeah and maybe that's a closing number that, that maybe you get to but i am just so down on the rams i think i'm just really overreacting
0: these teams both stink they're not fun to watch the bucks have major injuries in the secondary um, we'll see if they get, a, I think Antoine Winfield has a concussion. So maybe he's back this week, Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy bunting, like they need some corners back. Are the Rams, the team that's going to exploit it? I don't know that they are necessarily, uh, man, this total is going to be low too. Like what, what was the Rams San Fran total today? 42? 42. It's going to be in that same range.
1: Yeah. I have 41 and a half.
0: Yeah. I'll probably say 42.
1: Yeah, I, I I'm just so anti Rams, to be honest. I, it's just bad. Um, everyone watching, you. go 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 with Rob's number. I think, but I think at two and a, like if it opened at two and a half, I would be betting it as soon as we get off this call.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you, but um, there you go. I mean, if it's low, if it's if it's in in my range, you heard it from Clive. Go bet it before the show's done. Um Sunday night football. KC hosting the Tennessee Titans. I assume Ryan Tannehill will play and they just kept him in Tennessee or whatever as a precaution. He also had like illness or something, flu maybe. Don't don't really know what it was. But uh I'm assuming it's gonna be a Tannehill game. Uh hopefully it is for entertainment purposes, because no offense to Malik Willis might end up being a good pro. Don't don't really want to see a team hand off the ball sixty nine times in a game. Um, it's not not what I'm looking for. Uh, there is something to to take note of here, which if you've been following football for the past two decades, you're going to hear a lot about Andy Reid off the bye this week. It is going to be a big one. Very good record, ATS with an extra week to prepare. I think there's the Titans are going to come back down to earth at some point, but I think the problem is everybody also knows this and believes that there's going to be a premium price on the chiefs this week. In my opinion, there has Mm -hmm. to be. And when I say a premium price, I think back of Tennessee went on the road to Buffalo earlier this year. Granted that was earlier in the year. Buffalo wasn't as good as they were now. And they close as like a 10 point dog in that game, nine and a half point dog. I think the chiefs will be an even bigger favorite than that. I, I have 11. Yeah. I'm very close. I would say 10 and a half. Very close though. Maybe, maybe I'd even bump to 11 because of the, the Andy Reid off of a buy factor or 11 and a half or something like that. But it's gotta be a, you know, it's gotta be a number to entice somebody to take Tennessee and single digits does not entice anyone to take Tennessee
1: no and i mean like we kind of talked about earlier the two tiers or the top two tiers it's above and beyond everybody is buffalo then it's kc then it's everybody else but that kc is still a strong 7 point or so above you know average team something like that um uh, so i uh, it 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 has to be a double digit number if it's not i'm I'm stunned
0: so um I think you're typically better at pricing totals than I am. Yeah. This one to me is extremely challenging because the Titans want to slog it up as much as possible. They want to run the ball, do some play action here and there, but they, they really want to limit the number of possessions in this game, right? Um, as any big underdog in any sport would like to do. That's going to be the Titans game plan. They're going to try to run the ball. That's what they're going to do. KC's the opposite. They'll play. They'll play fast at home. Um, they can air it out. They don't really have the downfield threat like that they had in years past with Tyreek Hill, but they still score. And and I mean, if we're looking at Chiefs totals this year in terms of final score, their median final score has been fifty nine points. They've had some high scoring games, so. Yeah. You get these these dichotomies, right, where it's like complete opposite ends of the spectrum and where do you end up putting the total in this game?
1: I'm trying to see what the Chiefs opened or what where the Chiefs ended up last week.
0: See, we have we have some guesses in the chat here. So we have Michael says 43, Eric says 44. I would immediately without even thinking bet the over at both of those numbers. Uh-huh. You cannot so- have a Chiefs total under 44.
1: And I think I'm high. I do think it gets. I, I I think it would lean towards the under. I wrote down 47 and a half, but okay. it's not because I think that's what it should be. I think that's what it would open at, if that makes sense.
0: I think it's. I think and maybe it's 47. I think 47. I do think that the market is more likely to go under than mm-hmm. over on this game. Galaxy brain themselves into some sort of you know. I, I wouldn't I don't think I I don't think I can bet the under here but I think that that's the way that the market will go. Primetime unders, man. Just look at how the, this Bills Packers game was going to fly out like it was off the rails early, bunch of touchdowns, another primetime under hits. People talk themselves into the craziest shit.
1: I mean, KC San Francisco closed at 49. Yeah, 2 weeks ago. San Fran you, has
0: a real offense though.
1: Yeah, but was it perceived that way? two weeks ago.
0: True. Yeah. you're No, that's a valid point. It's a valid point. It's all about the perception of these teams in market really in the, with these early numbers. Yeah. Um, definitely double digit spread. I think, I think one of us, I'd be surprised if one of us didn't hit it with 47 or 47 and a half. I think those yeah. are two, two good guesses. Um, Monday night football. Uh, Ravens at saints. So the Ravens coming off extra rest. So the Ravens had the same ex- exact thing happen that the Eagles are going to get eventually as well, where they played Thursday and now they're playing yep. Monday night football. Um, yeah,
1: they're on the road this time and the Eagles, I think are home against the commanders. If I'm remembering. That. Yeah, they're,
0: I think this is very easy personally.
1: Then I'll let you start. Cause I don't know if it's as easy, but I've, I don't okay. do well with the saints.
0: Yeah, I think Ravens minus three on the road is a very easy number. Total, very similar to what we saw the Saints total at today against the Raiders. Uh, maybe just slightly lower because the market likes Baltimore's offense uh, or, excuse me, defense a little bit more. But I'm going to say minus three and 47 and a half. Um, my, my gut is that Baltimore will take money on the extra rest and unless unless new orleans gets some pieces back in their lineup and my gut is that the over would get bet but um and that's just like my opinion of these teams in market uh, i think the saints might still be underrated though i think they might be
1: so i put 46 and a half for a total expecting it to go get bet over okay um I have the Ravens is a little bit bigger of a favorite, but like I said, I I'm having a hard time with this one. I think I'm, I'm pricing it what I would have my price. So like the Ravens minus three against the saints, I kind of like, yep. um, without really doing too much work. So it's, I'll defer to you for sure on this for, for what you think it should open at.
0: I it was, I, I mean, I, I think that, these games are, are a little bit tougher in the sense that like we're, we don't know what the opening numbers could be, but like I, do, I think the market's gonna settle around three. and because I, I think that, I think that's just naturally where the opener would come and people are entitled to bet it whichever they, way they want. But yeah, I agree with Eric in the chat. like I, I think Saints three and a half shows and it gets bet personally. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe New Orleans just doesn't command that respect in market but Baltimore is not like a team again. This is the different than the Ravens from five years ago where they, they were winning by margin consistently. Right. They struggled to close out games. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like that. I, I feel very confident in that number, Baltimore three, just, yeah. I would have a hard time betting that. Um, obviously if my model shows an edge, I'll bet it, but like, just instinctively, I don't know which side I like at three.
1: Okay. I mean, that, that, that's fair. Uh, I'm looking through like unpredictable and depending on how much you upgrade the saints for this week, if you do it all, I think it would be three to three and a half is, is what based strictly off those numbers. Yeah. And I was given Baltimore a little bit extra rest, but like I said, I have a hard time with this game.
0: We'll probably get to um, I'll rewind here. We'll go over a couple of games that we skipped over because of, Sunday night football, and we'll end with these two games. Um, we'll probably like these probably numbers probably aren't even available in market yet. So this will be like one where we're, you know, we're guessing before it's even posted, no matter, matter what. Maybe some actionable info for anyone who's listening live when the numbers do up, go up at their sports books. But um, Buffalo Bills at New York Jets. Jets suck today, man. Well, when I say they suck, their offense sucked. Their defense played well again, but I can't get over how bad Zach Wilson is. Buffalo did not win. Well, they did win by margin. They won by ten. So I don't want to like discredit them. Spread closed ten and a half. um, So Buffalo does not cover.
1: So I saw none of the second half. By the way, I saw Diggs have some sort of issue, and I didn't see any news. Did he come
0: back in in the second half? Um. I'm not sure. He did have a couple catches in the second half because he had four receptions oh, thank, at, at halftime. Then um, okay. All I know is that, because it's, it's, it's on the screen, my monitor on the side here, and I wasn't paying attention the full time. I did see Josh Allen throw a red zone pick, like from the five-yard line, which sent me just into like an absolute, like on another planet when I saw <laughs> it. And um, there was another pick that he threw as well. But um, man, it's getting like... How do you price how do you price the bills? Like what like I'm not I'm not saying like books want to want to um draw equal action on both sides of the game or whatever, but they also don't want this to be like a complete one-way street on Buffalo, right? And what what line makes it appealing for someone to take the Jets?
1: For me, what I'm thinking of where I'd be like it's not an auto bet, but I'd really think about it is, is 14 and a half. Like it's gotta be high for me to love the jets, especially after what I saw today. Um, I mean, do the bills open at 13 and a half point favorites on the road to the jets? I don't see that happening.
0: No, I don't see that either.
1: Uh, But should that be the price? I don't know. Um,
0: I, I, I have tough times with bills games. It's really hard. Um, just so you know, Scott does mention in the chat that um, Diggs did do post-game interview, no so he should, be, he should be good to go. I will also point out, everyone who listens to this on a weekly basis, I'm very clear to point out like when a team suffers a big injury, we've had weeks where there's been crazy amount of injuries. This week was pretty clean. Like We it didn't was. really have any, anything that's I'm um, significantly monitoring going into next week, cluster injuries, anything like that. So just to point that out for people out there. Um wow. Is it bills 13?
1: So the Patriots closed what today?
0: 3? Yeah. Yeah. So on it the can't road. Be that high. Yeah. Okay, let's let's put it this way, right? Can't be single digits. No. Cuz that's an auto bet Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Don't think it can be as high as Honestly, even 13 or 14, because I think that's auto bet Jets. It's got to be in in the the range, like that middle range there. You don't see spreads like this a lot, right? Like 11, 11 and a half, 12. But like that's kind of where it needs to be put out. And then the market can decide where to go with it or not. I think, you know, you're going to get a lot of um, Jets catching 11 and a half at home. That will be enticing to people. Like it's a home game. It's a divisional home game where they're you know, getting that many points. I don't, I'll say 11 and a half, but it, it kind of has to be there. Yeah,
1: I mean, the the market probably does have the bills as about nine points, maybe a little bit less, maybe eight than the Patriots, something like that. So 11 and a half, 12, I think is probably fine. Um, the books aren't going to have a hard time getting money on Buffalo this week. I know that it's just a matter of, you know, what number would entice people to bet the Jets? And it's it's got to be at least thirteen, I think, to get any kind of Jets consideration. How, it's it's just very difficult to bet against the Bills. It's all price. I, I mean, I think we both understand that, and yep. you know, our, most of our listeners probably do at this point. But I don't know, eleven and a half, twelve. I think is probably fine.
0: Wherever the Green Bay Buffalo total close tonight is, where I think that the Jets total, Jets Bills total will be next week. So. What was the closing 47. total tonight? 47. 47. Yeah, that is what I think the total will be. I think the Jets are very, very similar. Listen, I'm not comparing Zach Wilson to Aaron Rodgers. That's not what I'm doing. Um, but like just the style of play overall and how I think the team is viewed in terms of a totals number in market, I think it'll be 47. I might be interested in that under. And I will have yeah. to sweat the entire game because you, you got to hope Zach Wilson doesn't throw a pick six, basically.
1: I'm trying to figure out what number I'd want to stop betting the over.
0: Man, I just caught a glimpse of myself on this. Uh, this stash has got to go ASAP it's
1: uh, <laughs> well I, I i left that alone I, I thought maybe you'd commented on it at some point it, but
0: it, no It was it was for a, a halloween costume for like halloween party and i i just like woke up for the london get- i didn't get a chance to shave it today and I, I like, yeah oh, I, I, I think I that halloween
1: picture of yours is is like how supervillains are made i think that's like an <laughs> origin story like that's what we're probably looking at there uh
0: <laughs> my wife has never seen me with like a mustache so when she saw this yesterday she was like no No, this has to go. And now I'm seeing it myself as I look back at myself on the screen. I'm like, can't believe I did shows with this thing today.
1: You're looking more and more like Pizza Man, for sure.
0: Yes, definitely fit the pizza buffet vibe this morning.
1: Yeah, so at 47, I I think I like the under, like instinctively. Um, Maybe it's 46 that it opens at. I don't know. Uh, I I have a hard time where there's that much of a difference between – I think the Jets' offense is really bad, and I think it's really bad without Hall, like, like really bad. So I don't know. Uh, at forty-seven, I think I bet under forty-six. I have a, a much harder time deciding, and again, that's just instinctive.
0: All right. Before we get into the final game here, for those who are still with us on YouTube, on Twitch, on Twitter, wherever you are, hit the subscribe button. Do us a favor. It is valuable for us in the long run. We do want to keep putting out great content. Obviously, growing our followers will help us do that. So whatever platform you're on, please hit that subscribe button. Hit that thumbs up. If you're listening to this on delay on Monday, no problem at all. Uh, Just give us that thumbs up and subscribe wherever you are listening to us. Final game will be the Green Bay Packers at Detroit Lions. NFC North disappointments. So before we
1: get into that, how many likes and subscriptions and views will it take for you to keep the mustache?
0: I mean, technically it is Movember, right? Which is, you know, I, I would do a clean shave on November 1st and then just grow out the mustache and keep shaving. I used to do that years ago, many, many years ago. So, I mean, I could do it for charity, but I am attending a wedding in Mexico next week for a very good friend of mine. I don't think I can show up with the stash. That's fair. I mean, I mean the, the, like they don't, those people don't know me. So for all they know, this could just be my look. For all the people that already do know me though, it's going to be really weird. So I don't know that there is an amount of money. I don't want right, to ruin well, my buddy's wedding. You no, know what that's saying? fair.
1: We, we can come back to this later, maybe in the season. Maybe it's a playoff thing. Um, <laughs> so Packers on the road to the Lions similar situation right like miami closed three and a half on the road four to
0: four the packers are if... worse than miami but like did I the feel... market
1: view them that way before this week
0: mm, i don't no. think they did no no they didn't but there's good and I, the packers don't get downgraded either the lions maybe i don't know i don't i don't even know any. but the packers are worse than miami I feel confidently about that. If you gave me the Packers and and Dolphins and a pick them, I'm taking the Dolphins.
1: Yeah. So I think the Lions get downgraded even more. I think that we've been generous. Not that we. I mean, the market's just been generous with the Lions as a whole. I think if you open Green Bay minus four, you get Green Bay money. I think. I would probably say Green Bay four and a half and just see where the money goes. But I'm probably downgrading the Lions too much.
0: Wow. This is a tough game because I would love to bet against both teams if they weren't playing each other next week. Um, so I will disagree. I think that the line will open the same as it was. Dolphins closed today. So Green Bay minus four. I think that's okay. the opener. I think people are still going to bet the Lions. I think that there's such a negative sentiment on Green Bay's offense now that the Lions will still catch money. It's going to be, can Green Bay win by margin? Green Bay already was in this role against Washington a few weeks ago. They lost outright in that game. This is a team that can't score enough to cover five on the road or whatever. Give me Detroit. Not saying that's right or not, but that's how I feel that this Packers team is perceived right now.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, I could see it. Um, I mean, if there's ever a team to get right against offensively, it is Detroit. Uh, So
0: this is this is the problem too. Like, where do you where do you put the total? Like, Green Green Bay's games are all low scoring. Green Bay's played one game in the fifties all year. I mean, uh, so minus the red zone pick
1: today, right? Like, I think over forty seven was the right play today, Um, especially with what we saw in the first half.
0: Yep. Detroit? Detroit has
1: a sizably worse defense and offense than Buffalo, but the defense is worse. 48 and a half.
0: Every Detroit home game this year has been fireworks, right? Because they had two low scoring games. There was the one they got shut out against New England. That was on the road. And it was on the road at Dallas coming out of their bye week. Those are the two low scoring games where their offense did nothing. Aside from that, all the home games, offense has been cooking the offense can score. Defense can't stop a lick. I mean, I don't know that I would be rushing to bet over 48 and a half with the Packers offense right now, but instinctively feels a little bit low to me.
1: Well, I know I couldn't bet an under, I don't think. But to your point, like I'd have a hard time betting on an over with the, the Packers offense too. Um
0: yeah, when, see, these, we, 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 I rehash this every week, but I, I really mean it when I say it, is that when we get these teams that are on different ends of the extremes, I find it very challenging um, yeah. to come up with what the right number should be. Because I, I, when I'm talking myself into it, or when I'm thinking about this game, despite the fact that I've seen nothing about, of the Packers offense all year, like they can't throw deep. They're they're more of a heavy run team now, everything like that. All I think about in my head is like this is the game where the Packers offense gets on track. It's not this is the game where the Lions defense finally gets some stops. It's this right. is the game where the Packers offense gets on track. That's what's going through my head right now. So because of that, my total I, I guess is a little bit higher, probably like 49 and a half. But I might be completely off. Like I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know one way or another because I just have no feel for where, where like what there's such a wide range of what this game could be.
1: Right. No, I I agree. When, when you start to get that dichotomy of, of, you know, bad, bad defense, but high scoring games, but bad offense on the other side of the ball, it's hard to know which way it's going to go. And it's hard to take a Detroit under unless you're playing a, substantially good defense, which Green Bay is what? In the middle of the pack, probably?
0: Yeah, but they so predict- like Green Bay Green Bay has a, a weakness against the run and they're yeah. they're decent against the pass. Tough one. Yeah. We haven't we didn't have too many big disagreements this week, which is I mean this is gonna happen, right? Like we're getting into week nine of the NFL. We have so many data points to use now. It's gonna be hard for us to come up with like Extreme numbers, like it is, and we follow the league really closely and the market really closely. Like if I ask some of my close friends, they'll always come up with an absurd number on the on a game, like Dolphins Bears. They'd be like, "Oh, how are the Dolphins not seven and a half point favorites?" Like they won't think about anything else relating to how the market has valued these teams. But yeah, we're we're pretty much in tune this week. Yeah, and I
1: think the more and more we're going to get through the season. It's gonna be for me a little bit of a blend between like, all right, well, what does the market perceive these teams as versus now? I've seen enough of these teams to where I think they should be, and the open and the close. I mean, maybe you don't see as much CLV oppor- as many good CLV opportunities because like everything starts to kind of, uh, I don't know what the right word is. Damn it, it becomes less yeah, fragmented.
0: I, I know what you're saying. I, I you, there's 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 more. There's less uncertainty.
1: Yeah. And, and then the opportunities start to come more from if you see some sort of stylistic change, like you mentioned with the Bengals, right? Like they're changing their offense and going away from what hasn't been working. Like those are where the opportunities come. Like teams aren't unknowns anymore. You're not going to get those. Right.
0: Right. All right. That'll do it for us on forward progress. I will let the viewership know next week. I will not be doing forward progress live with Clive. Surprise co-host coming up with Clive next week. Don't want to spoil the party or anything like that, but I will be away for a good friend of mine's wedding. Something I have to deal with. Get away for a week. I am here tomorrow night though. Primetime NFL Monday night football. Bengals, Browns, myself, Eric Eager of Sumer Sports. If you're following on the Forward Progress channel, also hit that subscribe button on the Hammer HQ channel. That's where we go live for primetime every single week. It's just dawning on me right now that I have no idea how I'm going to do the show tomorrow because it's Halloween and I'm going to have to hand out candy from 8 to 8.15 and my wife is not home. So we're going to have to figure that out in the next 24 hours or or 12 hours or so. Um, Get some sort of plan set up. Um, That's going to be a fun one. Doorbell going off in the background the entire time. (sighs) I do love Halloween though. It's a great, great event. Great holiday. Great holiday. Enjoy the myself. wedding. Yes, I will. Um, I don't even know if you know who's co-hosting with you next week. I don't. I, don't. Oh, I have an idea. Go. but Yes. Uh... yes. Um, so we'll get that locked down. But I uh, do want to keep the momentum going. People do uh, value the show. And uh, we do enjoy uh, doing it. Tortellini handing out candy. Wouldn't that be something? The uh, problem is they take Tortellini is the issue. Can't I can't risk somebody taking Tortellini uh, away as well. Ask the kids to give their picks for the game. Wouldn't that make great content? Um, Bunch of underage kids giving gambling picks for the game. How quickly we would get shut down off YouTube. Three-strike policy on uh, YouTube. Uh, By the way, leave a bucket of candy out front, like Scott says. That never works. There's always some asshole kid who just comes and takes the whole bowl and like that's it. Ruins it for everyone else. And when it's I like say the that, person who
1: ruins the market, f- you know, betting too early, like some of these times, it's the same thing.
0: Exactly. But what I was going to say is like, I was once that asshole kid. And then I'm like, now, as so karma, you know, it's, it, it, it has a way of catching up to you. But uh, yeah, you can never leave the bucket of candy up front. That house is also going to get very likely, when I say very likely, greater than 50% chance egged or toilet papered as well. If you're going to not take Halloween seriously, um, then that's going to be the case but that'll be it i'm sure you guys really love hearing me telling my halloween stories out there um for rob pozzola for clive bixby for our producer jason cooper this has been forward progress our week nine look ahead here on the hammer betting network please like and subscribe and clive will catch you next week i'll catch everyone tomorrow night peace thanks for joining